Welcome back to another episode of In All the Wrong Places. This week is Infertility Awareness Week, or as Fertility Matters here in Canada is dubbing it Fertility Awareness Week, because we are all sort of trying to shift the narrative around what infertility means and and our own individual fertility journeys. Infertility is such a harsh word that feels very negative. It feels very finite. It feels very, um, it just feels very bad, sad, whatever. Um, so reframing the mindset and educating people more on, um, the differences in everyone's own journey is important. And so I've been saving this episode for a while for you guys, but I'm really excited (laughs) to introduce my husband, Travis. (laughs) We're going to talk about our story finally this week. Are you excited? I'm very excited. (laughs) I know it's going to be a good one. We've got the pups here snuggling with us too. They don't have much to say, but uh, they're here for support. All right. Well, should we just dive right in? Um, uh, Whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I don't know. I figured we could talk a little bit more about our journey and how we got here, where we are now. So do you want me to just talk? (laughs) What do you got to say? Anything right now? You talk, I'll listen. (laughs) Um, I think that we both kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about um, how everything kind of went for us in those first couple of years. I tell people that we started trying right away. Like, right. Oh, Annie. (laughs) Um, Is that wrong? I think we started trying right after we got married, like on our honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure that when we were in Florence and I got sick, remember we thought maybe I was pregnant? You thought it. <laughs> you didn't think it? I thought you were sick. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, and then, uh, you know, we came home and we started sort of trying more actively. I had ovulation trackers um, uh, like the apps on my phone and everything like that. And we were definitely giving her a go. <laughs> uh, I don't think our parents listen to this podcast, so it's fine. Um, and if they do, now they know. It's <laughs> fine. Your mom told me once that she doesn't follow me on Instagram because I post many shirtless photos of you <laughs> <laughs> in bed with me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, anyways, so we... I think we started talking to our doctor around the six month mark, but he was really, I mean, as most of them are, I think told us that we couldn't really do anything until we'd been trying for a year. So we waited until we'd been trying for a year and then we immediately called the doctor and it was sort of this, the, the beginning of the end for us, I think with the, with our experience with doctors, because if I remember correctly, when we called in October of 2018, he was like, okay, well, we have to run some tests and I can't get you in for testing until January or something like that. Or you did your tests in December and I did mine in January. 
And then once that was done, we couldn't get an appointment with him to review the test until March. So at this point, we'd almost been trying for a year and a half. And we were both super frustrated because we had to wait until the year mark before they would even talk to us. But then yet we were still waiting to even find out anything from them, which was was difficult. And that doctor, we got an email from him that was like, he has left the country and is no longer a doctor anymore. So that, no notice. that was fun. Um, then we got a new doctor <laughs> here in Barrie, a new family doctor. And uh, uh, that was when we, we were starting to talk about getting referred to a fertility clinic. They wanted to refer us to Barrie only because they're here in Barrie, but we had been told from a few different people to go to Aurelia and not to go to Barrie. And you know, you're so fresh in, we have no idea what's going on. At this point, I was barely even talking about it on social media our families really didn't even know. And so of course I was just taking any advice that I could get and soaking it all up like a freaking sponge. So we went to Aurelia and you know, this podcast isn't, I'm not here to harp. I'm not going to bash anyone. <laughs> we just didn't really have the best experience with Aurelia. I think that we were there for I mean, it was throughout, it, it ended up being throughout COVID, but we started there in 2018. And then I think we were there until 2021. And in that time frame, we took a lot of breaks, especially 2020. I think we took most of 2020 off just because of yep. the uncertainty. Pan- yeah, the pandemic. And, um, <clears throat> but in that time frame where we were with Aurelia, we probably did about eight or nine IUIs, I think. I think it was eight and not once ever did I feel like anyone explained anything to me. Nobody talked to me about what was going on. Um, when I had a failed IUI round, nobody tried to discuss with me what the other options were. Um, and I didn't really know what to ask at the time cause it was still so fresh and I was deeply hurting just because obviously we were doing everything we were told to do and it wasn't working. And then plus also, I think the frustration for me was that they were not testing you. They were only testing me Mm -hmm. and the doctors just kept telling me that I was stressed and overweight. And at back then, my gosh, I'd kill to look like what I looked like in 2018. (laughs) Um, so it just was a frustrating, time for sure to deal with everything we were going through but then also on top of that not feeling supported by the doctors i think opening up on social i think my first like couple of posts that photo shoot i did with scarlet really helped me because it kind of gave me a community of people to start talking to Mm -hmm. i don't really think you got that right away though right no i didn't really talk to anybody about it not until not until this past year yeah maybe yeah um like on social or even in person mm, probably both hmm. okay other than me avi other than you and then you talking to our friends i guess and them asking you questions yeah 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 um yeah and then when we when we finally made the decision to leave them and go and switch to barry was when they finally tested trav and 
what that's when we got results a little bit more clear that we were the our biggest issue actually wasn't really about me and was about the the shape of your sperm yeah round heads no drillers no drillers <laughs> so they were i always envisioned them bouncing off of my egg like a freaking jellyfish <laughs> um just like going in there like we just having yeah. like a ton of fun um and so that was super helpful i think because even though i mean hey i talk about this in therapy and you don't go to therapy so like correct me if i'm wrong in any way but or chime in with your own feelings of course <laughs> but it was a bit of a relief for me after so many years of them telling me that I was stressed and overweight, which felt like something I was trying to control, but the more I tried to control it, the more stressed and overweight I got to then suddenly be told like, oh, it actually isn't you at all. And it's an easy fix. Like male factor infertility is so, is so often so much easier to find a solution and a fix for than female issues, which people don't know and don't talk about a lot. Yeah, I don't know if guys like talking about their <laughs> swimmers. Yeah, for sure. You're even uncomfortable now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Anyways, <clears throat> thanks for letting me share that. Anyways, the point being, we finally got a couple more concrete answers and we made the decision to move forward with IVF. Um, after big discussion, we opted to do the um, paid route. The paid route, yes. yes. Non funded? The non funded route for a whole bunch of reasons. I don't know if we should go into them right now, but if anyone has any questions about it, we're like, I'm happy to talk about that. But um, it sort of up to the process for us. So rather than having to get on a wait list for two years, we just kind of dove right in after we made the decision, which felt right for us. Um, I didn't think we wanted to wait any longer. We'd already felt like we waited for so long. And after our experience for those like three years with Aurelia, just like feeling like we didn't make any progress moving forward, we were just really frustrated and just kind of wanted to start seeing some better results. <laughs> Better yeah. 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 Or a result. Yeah. Just some something. And our first round of IVF worked. We got pregnant in September and it was wild because I think this whole time we just really wanted to see the plus on the pregnancy test. Like we hadn't even gotten pregnant not even a chemical pregnancy, like nothing. We were just not getting pregnant at all. So to see that after one round of IVF was encouraging, I think, knowing that like a doctor had finally given us a solution and yet sucks that we have to pay for it, but we were pregnant and that's what we wanted. Oh, you want me to say something? Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It was a lot of testing and mm -hmm. going to the doctors and going to the city and me having to go and do my thing in a 
coat closet room. <laughs> no, it was the bathroom of a restaurant. Well, that was, I mean, the testing oh, leading yes. up to that. But yeah, that's a fun story, I guess. <laughs> you want to tell it? <laughs> Do I want to tell it? I guess we've led into it, but... Um, I think because of COVID, they had closed their... Trio, yeah. They had closed their... What do you what do you even call those rooms? The sperm rooms. Masturbation rooms. <laughs> let's be honest. That's what they are. Yeah, for I'm assuming for sanitary reasons, they had closed them after COVID. <laughs> and I don't even know if they're open now, but they definitely weren't open when we went in September. But we don't live in the city. And it was difficult for us to make the arrangements to spend the night the night before. Although after our last trip down there, I feel like if it ever had to happen again, I would just st stay over in a hotel. But um, yeah, so uh, we had to drive down in the morning, but when you do the sperms, when you bring the sperm to get washed and then inseminated, inseminated, is that the, I feel like that's a technical, I feel like that's correct. Sure. I would have just said fertilize the egg. Oh, sure. Okay. Both of those work. I yeah. Think. Okay. Um, but you, it has to be within like 30 minutes of <laughs> ejaculation. Right. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think they, the max is an hour is, an hour, is what they yeah. said. And so but from where we live to, to yeah. Plus Toronto. if there was traffic, it just, anyways. Okay. So go ahead. <laughs> well nobody could see how red my face is so i'll just tell you it's red but i guess i became one with a little coffee shop downtown toronto and had to do my thing and so we went into the coffee shop and of course i bought something the only way to get into the washroom yeah. was to be a paying customer so yeah i bought, bought a bottle of water and a muffin each i think about banana, bread. If, banana we're get, bread if we're getting specific sure yeah let's get <laughs> let's get right into the details <laughs> so paying customer now so i got the keys to the washroom and went in and spare the details and just say did my thing and, and then we went up came out of the washroom with a, a cup full of me <laughs> <laughs> hilarious what an experience that was and then we went upstairs, yeah. And but um, I don't even know why we were talking about that. But I think just explaining how funny the situation was, everything went well. Obviously, we were pregnant, and um, if you follow on social, then you know that we did lose the baby in December at 17 weeks, and have just been slowly kind of getting back into it. It's been a lot of tests, a lot of doctors' appointments to try to get to a place where we can try again. We do have frozen embryos from our first round of IVF. So um, moving forward, we won't have to do another egg retrieval right away if we don't want to. Um, and that's where we are today. What's up? What are you looking at? Whatever Nash is looking at. Hmm. Sorry, sidebar. There's a spirit. Um, yeah, I guess if I'm allowed to chime in on our what are you what are you gonna say on our loss in December is when I think I opened up a little more about it. Yes, I think so too. And uh, 
I was surprised and and happy and well, you weren't was, happy. But it was I a mix it. of emotions, yes. I guess, of comforted. the you were comforted. Yeah, the support that um I guess like I just said, guys don't talk about this kind of stuff and if I learned anything that I played hockey and ref and go to work and have friends and that have all struggled with this and it's never come up in conversation and and why would it I guess but it's it was interesting to me and and yeah I guess comforting better than happy but comforting that other people were reaching out and sharing their experiences and their struggles and even their happy endings to having children so it uh made me feel better i guess yeah that's what i've been telling you for years it's good to connect with other people who have gone through similar shared experiences yeah but like when we're watching the hockey game we're not just gonna start talking about bad swimmers and, and feelings feelings it's drinking beers and hanging out with the guys and I know, but why I think is that that, that gets. I just think guys look at themselves as a. I have to be strong and masculine and tough and around my friends and. I guess, if I've learned anything, we don't always have to be that way. And. Do you find that you're less like that now <clears throat> since December? Um, or do you feel like it only happened for a couple of weeks and now you're back to how it was before? No, I've had random conversations with some people that I play hockey with or that I ref with in the dressing room and um, they've opened up to me and I've shared my story with them and they wish me and I guess us good luck and tell us that they're thinking about us and but it's interesting I think I'm a little bit more open talking about it now so um yeah it's, it's it shocks me that once you open up if somebody's gone through that then they open up as well and sometimes I think as a male it's good for us to share those feelings but we don't always do it and or some of us never do it. I never did it until now. I'm proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> well, keep sharing. Good. Well, um, that really like loops in the entire experience very quickly. I mean, we've been talking for 19 minutes, so it's like the fastest way to talk about what we've kind of gone through. Um, I think that we'll take a small break and then come back with some fertility awareness week stuff that I want to talk to you about. Me or the people listening? <laughs> you, well, you and the people listening. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. Okay, we're back. Welcome back. 
Okay, so obviously I've been sharing a ton of stuff in my stories this week just from fertility in, like accounts that I follow. There was this one that I really liked, so I'm going to read some things to you, and I want your honest reaction. <laughs> okay. Okay? So it's kind. Of, it's about what to say to those struggling with fertility. So things that are helpful and things that are unhelpful. So okay. something that's unhelpful is someone saying to us, you can have my children. <laughs> yeah, that is annoying. <laughs> I think we have some people in our life who have said that to us, definitely. Um, I might be able to raise the children better. No, I'm just kidding. It could always be worse. <laughs> it could always be worse. Yeah, like after the five or six years of almost feeling like it was a job to try and create a child. Yeah. And then finding out the news and then losing uh, a child. Yeah, it doesn't get much worse than that, I don't think. No, like, everyone's experiences are different, too. And so you can't say, oh, well, it could, it could be worse. You could be buried in the ground, tortured for years without your family and friends. But, like, that's not my experience, and that's not, like... Realistic? Well, like, I'm sure that happens to people. Anyways. Um, oh, God. People say this? You should try harder? <laughs> if someone said that to me, I would probably slap them. Yeah, again, after making it feel like a job, trying harder yeah. isn't a good one. No. No, not at all. Don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, just relax. I get that a lot. And it's like, I don't understand how I'm supposed to relax. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like I say that to you, so... You do tell me to relax. <laughs> and I, like, I understand that like, obviously being relaxed puts you in like a relaxed state and then you're just overall generally healthier and happier but like it doesn't just like happen like that when you're struggling to have a baby it's on your mind 24 7 there's always adoption i don't like this one either because we know people who have adopted and it is almost just as hard as what we've been going through for the last five and a half years yeah if, if not Harder. In, in its own ways, harder. Like, yeah. And so, yeah, we could make the decision to stop trying now and move into adoption, but we would be another five years possibly before we even had a baby from adoption. Yeah. And legal fees and who knows what else. This one doesn't apply to us, but I do know people, we have friends who are in this situation at least you already have a baby. I feel like that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, I wouldn't know a reaction or feeling to that, but because we're not in that situation. Yeah. Um. Everything happens for a reason. I feel like I say this a lot, 
but I genuinely believe it. But when other, someone else says it to me as a response to, oh, you've been trying for five and a half years and you lost a baby. Well, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I guess I get again, like, what's the reason? Like, is there? Yeah, yeah it's too hard to feel. It's just a shitty thing to say to someone. Yeah. Like, like, oh, you had a miscarriage? Well, like, there must be a reason why you had a miscarriage. Yeah. Like, not a medical reason. Like, there must be a universal reason why you lost that baby. Just, yeah. like, shut up and don't say anything. It's okay if I say that, because, like, I've come to that conclusion on my own. Right. And then the last one was, you'll get your baby eventually. Shut up, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal, but it's not promised i feel like again just like mind your own business like i understand that sometimes it comes from a place of good from some people but like just no just no yeah again like i can see people trying and trying and trying and never having a child and yeah so yeah i don't think that that one's fair fair to say to people either and the whole point the whole thing about this journey for us is that I personally feel like it takes away my choice to have a child. Like I don't get the option to say we've decided not to have any more kids, or I don't get the option to say, no, I don't want to have children because I'm just sort of forced into this life. And so to say to someone, you'll get your baby eventually is like, well, what if in a year I decide I don't want that? And then like, then are you telling me that I'm like giving up this futuristic baby that you're telling me I'm going to eventually get? It just puts a weird taste in my mouth. I feel like just don't say anything. Sure. You've thought about that answer more <laughs> than I have. Okay. Okay. So here's some help. Well, do you think there's anything else that's unhelpful that people have said or that the people say? Um, not that I've experienced, no. Okay. So here are some helpful things. Your pain is valid. I like that one. Okay. I like this one. Hey, I'm thinking about you. I like when people think about me. (laughs) I'm sorry this is happening to you. What can I do to help? I think you're doing an amazing job. I'm here if you want to talk. I wish you didn't have to go through this. I think all of those are nice. There's one in here that I actually don't like, so I didn't read it. I'm going to read it now because I actually think it's an unhelpful thing to say, personally for me. You are a very strong person. It kind of is the same as like when people tell me I'm brave. I feel like it's just like, like not a helpful thing to say because like again it's about the choice thing like i don't have a choice like i'm just thrown into this thing yeah that i just don't have a choice to be any other way right so you telling me that i am that way is not helping me in any way you know yeah that's fair is there any other helpful things that people have said or done um like what helped you the most when we lost the baby? I would say that 
I guess the support system we had helped like mm -hmm. I kind of knew we had the support system but everybody that we knew and that found out kind of day one <clears throat> they were there and helping and showing up unexpectedly and um, looking after our dogs and just little things like that to help us kind of mm -hmm. get through the first couple of days and then even work jumping in and letting me work from home and make sure that I was with you and make sure that I was okay and um, I don't know stuff like that really helped um, little messages private messages from from people that I didn't even know went through this themselves and so it gave me an outlet to to chat with mm -hmm. <clears throat> I would say uh just too that um even the the social worker in the hospital like um she was I forget her name but very very helpful and just sitting and listening and she's I think she said all the right things and in the moment which was an hour or two after it happened and um, being able to talk with her was was definitely helpful as well yeah I think also that like you needed different things than I needed <clears throat> and she did tell us that that was probably going to happen you were going to grieve and like heal differently than I was going to and there were some days where I was frustrated with you but I think we handled it well together I think so I know the hardest thing for me was having to go and do that referee clinic three days after and mm -hmm. the first time being out in public and around people and it was helpful that I knew nobody in the clinic, so I didn't have to really talk to anybody mm -hmm. at the time. But, um, yeah, the, it was a long trip, so it gave me some time to think about a lot of things, that's for sure. Well, it was your first, <clears throat> not that I'm not awesome, but it was your first time away from me after it happened to really sort of just, again, be alone with your feelings. Yep. And I wasn't alone, though. My mom came. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. Well, anything else you want to say or share? Um, How are we feeling now? Like, I think we're in a good space now. I think we're back on track with getting everything going again so i'm i'm happy about that mm -hmm. um i guess if i was to say anything would be um kind of going off what i said earlier and that guys don't like talking about this stuff and um but i think we should probably talk about it more and i think it should be a open conversation like being at the fertility clinic it's it was very surprising 
how many people were coming in and out of the clinic in the short times that we were there, which just shows that there's hundreds of maybe even thousands of people that are going through this all at the exact same time as as us or as somebody else is. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's one in six. <clears throat> That's the stat, the statistic, is that one in six people struggle. Right. So that's a couple. So maybe it's time for guys to start talking a little bit more about it. And I don't know if I'm the leader of that movement, but <laughs> but uh, I guess if anybody wants to reach out to me, then I'd be more than happy to, to chat over a beer or hang out and Gosh. talk about stuff like that. That's it. I'm Travis signing out. <laughs> well, thanks for actually doing this with me. I know you really didn't want to. Well, I wanted to. I just. I know. Yeah. I know. It's all good. Yeah. Well, we still talked for a really long time. I know more than I thought I was going to. Yeah. So hopefully this is fun for people to listen to. Uh, It's definitely different than most of my other episodes, but uh, I think it was important and I'm happy that we shared it, especially this week for Fertility Awareness Week. And I know we could, we could probably sit here and talk for hours because we could have gotten into so many other things like our emotions, how we were feeling. Yeah, we don't have any ice cream. (laughs) How we like helped one another. I think that's the one thing I just want to talk more like just say before we go is just that like for me for the first like year maybe even two years you and I weren't even talking about it we were just living in it and then finally when I opened up about it I started to talk to you more because I wanted to share what I was going to say to the world with you before I said it which allowed us to kind of chat a bit more about it. And I think that that was super helpful was just our communication about everything rather than holding it in. Mm-hmm. It was still like pulling teeth, trying to get you to freaking tell me how you felt. It still is. But I think it was helpful to sort of just open up to each other. And like, I'm sure that this is something that could break a lot of couples. It's not an easy thing to go through. And it's very expensive. Yes. very Well, we also didn't do the funded route, but yes. And I think that it's kind of a testament to our relationship, just how we were able to work through this unfortunate challenge together. Yeah. We're awesome. (laughs) I love you. Love you too. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And I don't even know how to sign off now because this is so different. What should we say? We should have come up with a chant. I already said I'm signing out. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back. You will? Yeah, sure. Oh, look at that. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Annie, Nash, you guys heard it too. And uh, we're going to go... Watch TV. Watch some TV before bed now because it's 8.30. Everyone have a great rest of your week. And just remember that if you know someone who is struggling, 
just check in on them and say, let them know that you're thinking about them. Um, and if you are struggling, you know, feel free to reach out to me or, or Trav, but it, like, if you feel like you don't have anyone you can talk to or you want an impartial third party to chat through your feelings with, but also I really do find value in talking to your people. So, you know, even if that's one friend who you feel like you can connect with and, and, and talk to openly or therapy, therapy has been an incredible thing for me throughout the entire journey. So, um, I highly recommend it if you're not already doing it. All right. Well, I'm just babbling now, so I'm going to go, but everyone have a good night.